Testing, testing testicles. So begins the end. For dark time. I've never seen a being this strong. Maybe one. He's back. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name. I have turned worlds to dust. All of existence shall be mine. I have a second chance. He said the age of heroes would never come again. Fighting the devil and his army. You know, I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us united. It's time to stand. The time is now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of RJM Radio. I am your host, Ricky J. Mark, and wow, do we have something in store for you today. At the time this episode drops, you will have likely heard of it. Zack Snyder's Justice League will be dropping, if it hasn't already, only on HBO Max. And I've got none other than Alex Lobo here with me today to talk about it. We're going to learn everything there is to know about this whole process. The Snyder Cut, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, all the drama that's been going on at Warner Media, and we'll even pretend to be comic book nerds for a little bit. So stay tuned, we'll go, we'll pay some bills for a little bit, and then we'll jump right into the Alex Lobo interview. We'll be right back after a few short messages. Only on RJM Radio. What, are you kidding me? There aren't any bills. We have no bills. Let's just start the interview, huh? And go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to RJM Radio. Of course, I am your host, Ricky J. Mark. Here with me tonight is our very first official guest, 
none other than Alex Lobo. You can find him on social media at Geek Law Grad. Uh, he's an associate producer for Zack Snyder's Justice League, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that he does. Alex, how are you doing this evening? Oh, pretty good, Ricky. It's long time no talk, my friend. Uh, it's, yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It has. It yeah. has been a while. It's kind of crazy. So a little bit of background. I'm going to let Alex introduce himself to all of you wonderful listeners, but a little bit of background. He and I met in law school, of all places, in the, I believe it was the Entertainment and Sports Law Society. Am I, did, did I get that right? Yeah, you got that right. Man, we, uh, we, we kind of ran that to the ground a bit of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. messed around, messed around and got like one of those trophy type things and then you know, the rest was history. But yeah, so Alex, go ahead, uh, give give the listeners an idea of, you know, who our esteemed guest is this evening. I wouldn't go so far as saying esteemed, but uh, no, I'm uh, Alex Lobo, uh, born and raised here in Miami from a uh, Cuban and Nicaraguan uh, uh, background. Uh, just as what Ricky mentioned, uh, I did go uh, to the same uh, law school as him a few years ago. Fortunately, I have yet to pass the bar. So I've been a um, paralegal for the past a few years, uh, mainly uh, focusing on intellectual property. So I'm uh, currently working at a, a major shoe company uh, right now, just uh, managing uh, their IP portfolio. And uh, something I've always wanted to do, not so much in the shoe business, uh, I've always wanted to get into the entertainment side, whether it's uh, maybe working for HBO or Warner Brothers or, or hell, even uh, Disney, why not? But, uh, the, you know, like, uh, whenever uh, you're dreaming, you guys uh, always uh, make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that one of the reasons why I had Alex come on tonight is because he is as much. No, he's even he's an even bigger fan of the DCEU than I am. I mean, I thought I fell in love with this uh, this universe when Man of Steel came out in 2013. No, I wasn't alone. Uh, I wasn't the only one. And that was a pleasant surprise when, lo and behold, there was a Clark Kent in my midst, ironically enough. <laughs> and so, you know, one. Of, so like I said, one of the reasons why we brought you on is, you know, I miss you, buddy. But no, I miss you that, too. Well, no, well, wait, before, before that, before anything, why the hell didn't you tell me back in law school how much of a fan you were? I mean, you I did not know. I don't know. Here's what's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, I could have sworn I was like really open about it. I really was. But let me see. Man of Steel dropped in 2013. So you know what it was? I think it was because I was more concerned about passing my first year of law school than much of anything else. So a lot of that probably got lost in the ether. And then we had to wait so probably. long for Batman v Superman to come out. That came out three years later. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it was just, you know, I I would say it's better late than never. Um, exactly. We both know this and, you know. No, I'm, I'm glad you came out of the closet yeah. with me. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, absolutely. I'm probably gonna add a, a, a rim shot in post-production but uh that was a good that was a good opportunity for that that was a good opportunity for that so yeah give me an idea of how you got involved in the snyderverse i mean i want you know of course i want to run through with you man of steel batman v superman 
uh, that movie that came out of that came out after Batman v Superman and everything in between. Because for those of you listening, we're taping this it's March 11th in the evening, so we're about a week away from the long-awaited release of Zack oh, Snyder's yeah. Justice League. That's yes. the title. I, give me an idea of what what got you into this universe, really. I've always been in this universe since. Uh... Since I was a kid, uh, the first uh, interaction of a superhero was uh, uh, Superman mm-hmm. with um, the uh, Muff Pinscher co- uh, cartoons. Uh, that's how I was uh, introduced. Uh, I think it was my father. He had the old uh, VHS uh, tapes uh, of those cartoons. Uh, and uh, I fell in love with that. And then um, from there, in fact, kind of like my first movie that I saw in theaters. Uh, and it was like my father's mistake at the time was uh, Batman Returns. I have the trailer right here. What a coincidence. I've been down here too long. It's time for me to ascend. From the sewers of Gotham, a new villain emerges. You didn't invite me, so I crashed! of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. Yeah. <laughs> and the only one who can save this city is a creature of the night. Hey, stud. I thought we had something together. We do. While she craves a romance, she can sink her claws into... You're getting into a girl like me. He plots a foul reign of destruction. My dear penguins! Thanks to Batman, the time has come to punish all of Gotham! Like the one that like I remember, I I know I went to one younger. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember anything, but like my fondest memory was Batman Returns, and uh, man, was that a experience! Yeah, but one so that like you know really uh, cemented uh, this universe uh, for me uh, with these uh, characters. Like I dove in his uh at that time we had uh, Batman the animated series. Uh, uh, the Adventures of a uh, Superman. Uh, hell, even mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Lois and Clark. Uh. For me, like it, it's very similar. Now, granted, I came, you know, I showed up on this planet a couple years later. But growing mm-hmm. up, you know, Sunday mornings, Bat, um, not Batman, but Superman the animated series. 
uh, I used to watch Lois and Clark on Sunday evenings with my mom back when we were still living in New York. And from there, I pretty much fell in love with uh, comic books and at, at the very least Superman, because, you know, you remember the tagline for the first Superman movie uh, starring Christopher Reeve. My mom loved Christopher Reeve. You'll believe a man can fly. And I was heavy into the sci-fi stuff and the concept of a human being detaching himself from the rules of gravity was something that was just incredible to me. It really was. And from there, I became, you know, I became, I was hooked. Man of Steel was my first Superman film. By then, I had already been watching different, uh, different Avengers movies, but never Superman. So Man of Steel came out and it came out to, you know, some would say mixed reviews, which... I mean, for me, I, look, I am, I'm not hiding my bias whatsoever. You know, they, some try to say mm -hmm. it was too gloomy, too dark, and all this other, other stuff, because at that same time, Marvel movies were all the rage, and they were bright and quippy and all that stuff. Now, here's the thing. I, I enjoy... Popcorny as well? <laughs> yeah. I, look, I enjoy going to watch the Marvel movies, okay? I remember with oh my, my sister. No. Yeah, with my, oh my sister God. and my I, brother, we went... Yeah, we went to, we, you know, like the Infinity Saga, for example, when Infinity War ended, mm -hmm. how angry we were all, you know, the, the three of us were when we were leaving the theater, how we were watching theories for a year. Shout out to Heavy Spoilers, uh, New Rock Stars, all those guys. They were amazing, keeping us, uh, keeping me at least sane throughout this whole process. And then <laughs> Endgame, you know, and then Endgame drops and it's like one of the biggest film events of all time, hands down. And... Like I get it. Like I, I can, I can appreciate both franchises, right? But the thing is, you can. For me, Man of Steel was an emotional roller coaster. I felt like, at the very least, Zack Snyder's approach to this entire thing—it's almost like, how can I make a superhero movie for grownups? No, I still think it's not only for grownups, but also just a superhero movie for our time. Mm -hmm. meaning uh, just uh what's going on within our world around us because uh the fact of the matter is uh, with uh, the marvel films especially the early ones uh, that was an escape because that yeah yes yeah, it's a familiar world you got new york uh, you got all that but mm -hmm. you, you you came into that film uh, just knowing that you could just shut off your brain have a great time uh, you know the formula you know what you're expecting it's gonna be funny it's gonna be great to the product value phenomenal but uh, with Snyder's it was just more on uh yeah you recognize this world because this is your world uh, and what would happen if an alien were here mm -hmm. it's not gonna be it's not gonna be funny it's uh you, there's not gonna be any quips so you are gonna run and hide uh, if a skyscraper is coming at you and uh, that brought in um, a great parallels of what happened to uh, uh here to us on 9-11 which brought oof a lot of emotions because I think uh, uh, Man of Steel was one of the first films uh, to even depict something of that type of destruction. Uh, because uh, when you saw um, a lot of Hollywood films after 9-11, they tried to uh, steer away from that other than uh, if it's an Amber film of like uh, Independence Day style, you know where you're getting. Yeah, yeah, with, they uh, try to be uh, a lot more sensitive, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, with everything's like always uh, with a, a light hand. Uh, Snyder was just more on... Uh, I'm sorry, like, uh, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's happened. Uh, now, imagine a, a Kryptonian is not going to be, uh, he's not going to punch something and uh, 
there's not going to be any ramifications behind it. There will be sound waves. There will be uh, destructions. And also, you're dealing with a Superman uh, who just put on a cape, who hasn't had any training, going against someone who has been trained for his whole life. These films, they were they were released a little too early because if Man of Steel was released a few years ago and then BVS, I feel that the reception would have been a little bit more warm. Let's lean into let's lean into Batman v Superman. You know, as far as I'm concerned, that was a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, I don't think I need to go into um, how powerful whoa, 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 Hans Zimmer's wait, music wait, wait, was. Wait, which one? Uh, are we talking about theatrical or um, ultimate edition? No, Ultimate Edition. Of course. Oh, come on now. Yeah, all, all Ultimate Edition. <laughs> always. I mean, look, here's the thing. I enjoyed the theatrical, but the Ultimate Edition really brought it home for me. Can you give our listeners an idea of what exactly happened? Okay, so I'm going to give two versions. A general audience and inside baseball. The uh, Into the production of uh, Justice League, uh, things were going uh, well um, uh, to an extent uh, because when uh, BBS uh, was in a production and uh, finishing, uh, they already greenlit Justice League. So essentially that was already in pre-production way before even BBS was released because uh, uh, Warner Brothers had a lot of faith behind BBS, even though they decided to cut off uh, 20 minutes of the film so they could add it into more screens, which in my opinion... Um, hurt the overall plot of uh, of that film. Hence why the Ultimate Edition is the, uh, the masterpiece that we all um, love. Yeah. And I don't care what anyone says about Martha Sane. That was beautiful. Yeah, let's go ahead and play that now. You were never a god. You were never even a man. What does that mean? Why did you say that name? Find him! Save Martha! because uh, they had the same mother's name. So that was not the point of that same people. But um, and throughout um, the production, uh, right when uh, the film was uh, canned, uh, and that's uh, a term for it's done filming. Uh, so uh, essentially now they're moving towards uh, uh, post-production. Uh, uh, Snyder, uh, he had uh, a, um, a tragedy within his family. 
his uh, daughter uh, committed suicide, uh, which broke him. And uh, uh, her name was uh, Autumn. Autumn and Snyder and uh, Zach had uh, this connection uh, that he didn't have with uh, any of his uh, children. Uh, she was a huge comic book geek. She got um, everything that what uh, Zach was doing, uh, always gave him ideas. Uh, she was even working on her own uh, sci-fi stories. Uh, like She was kind of like in a one of us. But that broke him. Not only that, but the overall stress behind the production of Justice League, it wasn't easy. And that's going to get into the inside baseball, what happened, uh, because a lot of us didn't know then. But the story was uh, he wanted to uh, step down to uh, be with his family, which th th that was uh, uh, the truth of the matter. Uh, but also he uh, brought in uh, uh, Josh Whedon, uh, who uh, directed uh, Avengers and um, uh, Avengers 2, which in uh, some ways uh, kind of put uh, the fan base at ease. Uh, if um, uh, if anyone would could direct a Justice League movie, why not the one who brought in uh, the Avengers and who was a huge DC geek uh, like that guy almost uh, filmed um, uh, uh, Wonder Woman and thank yeah. god he didn't if you read a script holy crap uh, that was a misogynistic um, a piece of shit and you can find so, that online I will say this as a fan when I heard Joss Whedon yeah. was tapped mm -hmm. to finish the film I was excited because I was like, you know, all these people out here that are talking about, oh, yeah, we want more Marvel, all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. You got a guy that's going to inject a little bit of that into the universe, and hopefully it'll give a lot of these fans what they want so they can stop unfairly criticizing this film. I was excited about exactly. it at first. Same. I'm like, him? Yeah. He's the only one I, who I thought that could handle it. If he was able to put in B-list of Marvel characters, why not him? So they brought him along, and uh, there was a statement of Warner Brothers just uh, stating, even though Weedina is going to come in and uh, just to do the pickup shots uh, and uh, pickup shots uh, uh, turns for you guys. Uh, essentially, with any film production, uh, there's always a scheduling of uh, uh, what's called a pickup shot where uh, directors and um, actors, uh, they, they there are scheduling conflicts. Uh, so you may have an actor that may leave uh, during production for um, another production that's uh, contracts for you. So they're scheduled in uh, just to film that scene that should have been filmed during um, uh, um, actual filming. Uh, and uh, this is not uh, called, this is not the reshoots. So they've always uh, called it as the pickup shots. So essentially the story was uh, he was going to do very minimal, just uh, doing that aspect, but then adhering to um, uh, Snyder's work. So it would be a Snyder film, but uh, steered with Whedon. Uh, I th thought that was exciting because uh, you're going to get the Snyder's actions with Whedon's uh, uh, quips because that guy is pretty like fucking great with uh, ensemble so like if you watch Firefly Dollhouse uh, uh, Buffy he's your guy for that but then things started getting a little airy because all of a sudden you had the composer for Justice League stating that he got a call that Danny Elfman was going to take over mm -hmm. now as a general audience I was on board I loved um, Elfman I did not know what the implications were but um one guy did on uh on collider who uh, mentioned that uh, they are um reshooting the whole film mark my words uh, if they're changing a composer that's what they're doing yeah because that's the we theme did. that's the the tenor of the film essentially essentially yeah so the film comes out and you can you can see the freaking same monster that it was and uh the story is a uh, started coming out a little way before talking about that the film runtime was going to be at least two hours and around 14 minutes so here this is the perfect time because i'll explain kind of <laughs> what happened for me when the movie came out so the movie comes out 
And, you know, I, I try to go into these films blind, not on, you know, not watching or reading any reviews or anything like that. I want to experience it for myself. Right. So I I go in, I watch the movie. I'm happy. I'm excited to see DC characters on the screen. Right. This is a great experience. Right. I'm all cool. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. But I think I was running off of like a kind of fan adrenaline, if that's even a word. And so I was like, all right, cool. Awesome. And I was like, you know what? Let me go back and watch it again. Now that the adrenaline has worn <laughs> off, right? Right. So I watch I watch it again. And then I realize I'm like, wait a minute. Something's not right here. What is up with Henry Cavill's lip? That's one. Two, you know, the quirkiness. And I'm like, initially I was excited because I was like, oh, okay. I can understand the story that's being told. You start off dark, you die, you're back to life and you're kind of joking again because, you know, you appreciate life for what it is, right? That's at least the justification I'm hearing in my head, no pun intended. I go back and I watch it again, and I'm like, okay, this 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 movie's not good. Something's, like, no. certain storylines aren't adding up. You know, like, even the way the Amazonians were portrayed, like, it's something didn't seem canon in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some Superman. of the uh, scenes uh, looked a little off. The yeah, lighting, I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand the whole I, I, point of that I, Russian I, I was, family. I was, I, it, it was I, I, there I, were some problems. I, I did. I didn't. I, I didn't. To this day, I didn't really hate the Russian family. I, I saw what they were trying to do with it, but uh, I guess that'll be for another story. But I wasn't mm-hmm. with you. I, I came in uh, um, uh, rosy glasses. I enjoyed it uh, initially, but then. Uh, I tried watching it again, and uh, I started seeing uh, the issues, and I was in full denial. Yeah, yeah. Those, those multiple times, and yeah, I guess I wanted to defend uh, defend it. Yeah, no, that was the start of uh, all the issues. That was the official story. Essentially, um, Warner Brothers, they were not happy with the reception with BBS, but already uh, they were in uh, deep in um, a production for Justice League. Uh, they were going full steam ahead, uh, and they started having distrust with their director. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, who's owned by uh, Time Warner, and they were going through a merger with AT and T. So they needed to get this uh, product uh, before um, that merger happened uh, to kind of get their bonuses. So when the hashtag uh, came out. Uh, Sean didn't um, expect that just to uh, become what, what it is uh, um, today. It was just more on, um, I'm pissed off, uh, and I'm just going to uh, throw it out there in uh, the ether. And he uh, wasn't even the first one to even say it. He was the first one doing uh, the hashtag. I think the first person to iterate to uh, release uh, the Snyder Cut, um, I think, well, was a kid named uh, Carlos. Uh, uh, goes by like Carlos Digital, mm-hmm. if memory serves me right. Uh, yeah, but wasn't but, Aquaman but, the first guy to mention it that it exists and that he saw it and that it's awesome? No, no, no. That, um, that Momoa kind of like you know started making it uh, kind of like you know, made it official. Mm-hmm. And, but that was like that was like a couple years later. We're, we're talking about 2017. Um, I think Momoa's uh, statement came out to 2018. We're obsessed with the so-called Snyder Cut of Justice League, like an alternate cut. Yeah, yeah. Are you? I mean, it, I'm you, obsessed with it too. Are you? Yeah. What's your take on that? Like, do you want to see a different version eventually at some point, or is there a different? I version? mean, I you know that's just one thing that it sucks with our business where you just can't speak your mind. But yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll keep it at that. And this is where the story gets uh, interesting, weird, uh, and uh, magical at the same time. So while that is happening, uh, um, uh, Zach, he 
for whatever reason, is uh, pretty active on a social media platform called Vero. Yep. And uh, at that time, no one was really using it. And uh, like his uh, profile was kind of open, like uh, open DMs, uh, like you could request to be his friend or something. So some people connected with him. Um, uh, there's this one person uh, who um, uh, many of us like, you know, called kind of like, you know, the granny goodness of like, you know, the kind of like, you know, the, the face of uh, the, uh, the movement. Uh, she goes by the name of Fiona. Shout out to Fiona, of course. Yeah, shout out to Fee. Um, uh, she connected with um, uh, Zach via Vero. And if I remember correctly, she actually had a relationship with him, uh, with his uh, family um, uh, previous. So in some aspects of that, the kind of knew each other so it wasn't like you know i'm a stranger jumping into your dms or something like you know, they they've known each other before he essentially kind of basically like you know told her like uh, yeah i have a i have a cut and um uh, through that uh, she started like you know feeding uh, to all of us the uh, things that he was uh, telling her and uh, through there um uh, that's where uh you saw the um rtch um um uh, cut um uh, twitter handle appear uh, which kind of became the hub for um, uh, uh, the movement. And right, right. Uh, it started getting uh, organized. Uh, but then when everything sunk in, I'm like, okay, there's something up that A, this is real, but then also B, Dave has been mentioning things that now are sort of making sense. Uh, so I think he knows um, something a little bit more. So I started following i i came in uh, like more of a behind the scenes uh, like i will support how i can as privately as i can and uh, like you know try to connect with some people and like you know maybe um get involved with certain campaigns uh whether it's just uh, don donating to uh, um uh, the american foundation of suicide prevention which uh, became uh, um the benchmark for the movement itself uh, because it wasn't just for the film um and this was uh, really truly for snyder himself like we didn't care if the film released uh, it was uh, more towards uh supporting him uh, supporting uh, autumn and uh, uh what was lost and uh, what sh um, could have been prevented so you had that but then you had uh, other stunts uh, you had uh, a banner like you know, appearing uh in um, uh, one of the world cup series uh, you had a plane flying over burbank with released the snyder cut uh, and uh I think it was like a Comic-Con in 2018 that the most I talked about film uh, was not a film that was even released. Everyone was talking about the Snyder Cut. Right. But then uh, it was, I think, November 17, 2019. That's when it got real. It's not that uh, Snyder did not know. Oh, he did. And oh, did he feed. He knew what he was doing. Um, he tried... He, and in some ways, uh, like he wasn't part of the movement, but th there were times when uh, he would like drop a little nugget or something just to keep uh, the narrative going. So for November seventeenth, uh, if uh, if uh, I know correctly, that, that was a date that that was uh, uh, not only like you know picked by um, uh, Snyder, but um, that was uh, supposed to be like if uh, this doesn't happen, we don't know uh, what will. So that was when uh, that hashtag um, trended more than a million because uh, not only uh, it was uh, the full fan base, all, all of a sudden uh, you had Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, mm -hmm. even Snyder yeah. himself, uh, and Momoa. From uh, November 17th, that was when the studio Warner Brothers actually did see uh, um, potential because at that time, that's when it was HBO Max was uh, coming together. 
So mm-hmm. there was the opportunity. And uh, one of those uh, finally approached uh, Snyder at that time, like, hey, show us where you got. Uh, I, what do you propose? Uh, and uh, from there, that's when um, things were sort of becoming a reality, but it wasn't uh, to Snyder's benefit. Uh, they kind of basically stated, if you want to release a movie, why don't you just release it now online? As is, uh, some ways the studios will the studio will still win because it will be unfinished. Uh, um, there will be issues uh, and it will be scrutinized even more. He did not want that. Like he wanted a full autonomy. Like this is going to be my way or the highway. You can't say anything. Uh, and in some ways, it was a blessing for HBO Max to actually pick it up instead of the uh, Warner Brothers Studios uh, um, for that. But then also. I hate to say this, if it weren't for um, the pandemic, uh, I don't think we would have gotten it as soon as we did. Uh, yeah, like, I, I can I can see that. I can see that because yeah, that, that, you that, know, that, if, that if the pandemic doesn't hit, then everybody's off doing different projects and I can understand that. The great thing about it uh, um, within uh, our movement is uh, compared to others uh, that you will see online, uh, we actually do police ourselves. Uh, so if, uh, if a line was crossed, uh, you would know you crossed the line uh, and... Uh, there will be apologies throughout. Yeah, so. to, to be fair, I have seen that sort of thing. I have seen that kind of like govern yourself accordingly type situation where people will be held accountable for, you know, uh, leaning into that sort of kind of like toxicity that, you know, mm-hmm. the Internet, especially Twitter, is known for, especially in this day and age. The next time we talk again with regards to this, especially for RJM Radio, We are definitely going to talk about the Snyder Cut. It will be out by the time part two of our conversation is out. I can't wait for that. Tell the people where they can find you on social media. Let them know what you're up to. Yeah, the floor is yours, once again, please. You're going to... You can find me on uh, at GeekLogRad um, here on Twitter. You always uh, see me uh, promoting uh, the film or even uh, just uh, talking about some of the legal aspects uh, within uh, Hollywood. Uh, also, too, uh, just to plug in, uh, um, please, if you can, uh, just uh, go on to uh, AFSP.org and uh, donate to the uh, Autumn Center Fund. We have uh, raised over um, $500,000 um, throughout this movement uh, for the Snyders. That is still going to be ongoing uh, to an indefinite future. So uh, if uh, you're a fan of us, if you're a fan of us, superhero films, want to be one, uh, we have uh, safe lives uh, by uh, donating, even if it's a dollar, five dollars or whatever you have. uh, um, Just know just having somebody behind a phone bank uh, if uh, someone's in need, uh, that's uh, all the difference uh, um, you can. But then uh, other than that, you can maybe uh, catch me on uh, some Fridays uh, on uh, uh, David the Film Junkies, uh, my vodka stream. It's the East Coast, so that uh, will be at 11 p.m. And also there will be a uh, Justice League pre-party um, happening on uh, Real Anarchy uh, um, YouTube channel on uh, this Sunday. I believe that will be starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. Mr. Alex Lobo, thank you very much for being the first, the very first guest on season two of RJM Radio. I really do appreciate I'll make sure, you. Yeah, I'll make sure to spoil the movie for you on Monday. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm going to tease you. (laughs) (laughs) Let me guess. Let me guess. Joker appears. Is is that that what it is? There it is. Spoil it. No, no. It's it's Ryan Reynolds. I'm sorry. (sighs) God, I'm going to have to cut that out. Okay. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) thanks, man. I, I really do appreciate you. Yeah. That this likewise, is, man. This it's is been it. a long time. Yeah, this is it. It is. Right. It's a, we did not think it. If you asked us uh, three and a half years ago, it, this was going to happen, no, I, I, 
I thought this was going to be like you know, a five, ten year. Like, I didn't think uh, that we would get a completed vision. And uh, not only that, uh, ramifications on uh, future projects that move forward. Uh, so, this is uh, unprecedented. Oh, yeah. Never happened before to this extent. Uh, I know people have tried comparing this to the Donner Cut. This is. Yeah. It, yeah. It, there, there's no precedent um, uh, behind it. Uh, the question is. Uh, can this will this happen again in the future who knows so but um the great thing is uh, the studios are listening uh, to the fans uh they're the ones who line their pockets uh, so if uh we uh -huh. want to like uh, move it elsewhere then they, they gotta listen <laughs> absolutely wow i wow i feel like i learned a lot i really did and Again, thank you, Alex Lobo, for coming on and being our very first guest, actually. Huh. Look at that. We are looking forward to having many more, but you will hold the permanent distinction of being the first. So uh, I don't know if that's worth more than Bitcoin, but who knows? It might be worth more than that somewhere down the line. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of season two of RJM Radio. I have been your host, Ricky J. Mark. Please don't forget to check the show notes for additional information. This week's book recommendation is Sean O'Connell's Release the Snyder Cut. That's right. It, for those of you that aren't familiar with Sean O'Connell, he is the managing director at Cinema Blend, and he's actually, along with Hannah Solik, been producing a fantastic series on YouTube, basically detailing everything leading up to this Snyder Cut release. Is Zack Snyder's Justice League better than the theatrical cut? <laughs> Obviously. Oh my God. What? <laughs> hey everybody, it's Hannah Solik, the head of video here at Cinema Blend, with Sean O'Connell, our managing editor and author of the release of Snyder Cut book, and we have seen Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. What? That's crazy. Which is a crazy <laughs> sentence to say. Multiple times. And I highly recommend you go check out the Cinema Blend channel. So go ahead and do that. And I will talk to you next week. Take care. Oh, yeah. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a five star rating. You know, that, all that basic stuff, because, um, you know. Yeah. OK.